Thanks for listening to JoJo's Bizarre Podcast. My name is Mark, and once again, I am joined by Jackie. Hello. And by Miles. Miles is normally not uh, a song in falsetto. Uh, We are a podcast that talks about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the television anime, uh, and the OVA series, etc. Pretty much anything that moves and is JoJo. But uh, we covered all that already, uh, and while we wait for part six to be turned into an anime, if it happens, we've been covering other anime. So this week, we are here to talk about Cowboy Bebop, uh, a show... Ever heard of it? Yeah, I've never heard of this one. This is a, this is a rare diamond in the rough of an anime. <laughs> um, you know, they aired five episodes before canceling it, so, um, you know... I'm glad that we were able to get the rest of the episodes. Uh, and we're going to be talking about episodes. Mark's or, lying. Uh, I'm actually kind of not lying. Okay. But we'll get into that. All right, fine. We're going to be talking about episodes or sessions 5, 8, and 20, uh, which are Ballad of Fallen Angels, Waltz for Venus, and Pierrot Le Faux, respectively. was debating doing Mushroom Samba, but ultimately, you know, thought that wasn't as... Um, I don't know. That that's not as bebop of an episode. It's a great episode, but uh doesn't quite feel as moody and noirish. But it's a good I one. I mean, we've we've all seen the show, right? If you want to mention something you like about Mushroom Samba. Oh, mushroom. I don't remember anything. Mushroom Samba was just a fun episode where they all accidentally get high because <laughs> because of I think is no, I'm confusing fungus, right? The, I'm confusing the toys in the attic. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, how do they get high? I forget. Is it expired food? I think food? they eat magic mushrooms by accident. Oh, I don't okay. remember why though. And uh, the, my most and so there's like no plot. I mean, there is a, technically a plot, but most of the time it's just them having different weird reactions to it. Yeah. Including one moment where Ein is high, the little dog Ein, and just he kind of just hops in place or hops around without walking. It's pretty cool. But before we go into uh, these episodes of Cowboy Bebop. We want to stop in a little place we call Correspondence Corner. Cowboy, Space Cowboy Corner. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have nothing left to add (laughs) to that pun. Do I? Correspondence Space Cowboy. I I will say Spaceport. uh, Please talk to us. Bounty Bulletin. Ah. Okay. Cool. These are emails people send to us at jojosbizarrepod at gmail.com. Um, and this is free. I don't know if you know that, but email is free. So mm-hmm. you just send us a message if you want. I already read the email address. I will not be repeating it. What? I did. You read it? When? I said the email address. When? Like five seconds ago. I don't think you did. Are, are you looking you at your phone? Is it our email? Yeah. Is it for real? Yeah. I said at Jojo's Bizarre Pod. At oh, our email. Com. Yes, correct. Oh, what'd you think? I, I, <laughs> you think I read an entire person's email and then was like, yeah, yeah we're done. Yeah, I was like, Mark, we haven't read anybody's email yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, sorry. I, I, I wouldn't be repeating the address. There's no way you were 100% following that 
and still came up. Mark, when am I ever following you 100%? Yeah. You take me in all kinds of it's directions. It's because I'm too complicated. <laughs> There's a method to my madness. Uh, when we first started dating, you told me not to li- not to listen to like 80% of what you say. So. I think I started by saying like... You started at like 60 and then you went up to like 70 and then you went up to like 80. <laughs> like you kept going up. You were I like, just, just don't listen to me. would just say stupid things and like part yeah. of becoming an adult has you realized like something. don't say everything you think. You'd say something I'd be like, huh <laughs> what and you'd be like don't just don't listen to me <laughs> i'd be like this this particular pattern reminds me of the intro to famous neo geo arcade system um if you look at let me explain like i wouldn't really do that i would just kind of say something that summarizes all that as though everyone's in on the joke uh-huh uh, i think you're yeah. you're better now you have a podcast people follow it yeah they claim to mm-hmm. this first email is from Hentai homie, someone <gasps> we have not heard from in a while. And it goes like this. Ahoy, JJB pod. It's been a while. I hope this email finds wow. you well. It's been a while. Oh. And I saw when I was scrolling through updates on the podcast, you guys did Kill La Kill. Kill La Kill is one of my favorite anime and definitely taught me to be who I am now. Whoa. I what? love Kill La Kill so much. I even got scissor blades made. Pick at the end. I've been on a ship throughout this whole coronavirus stuff, and now I'm on my campus. Can wait to catch. Like, can't wait to catch up, maybe? Uh, can't wait to catch coronavirus? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Unclear. I have an anime recommendation, Beastars. It's like Zootopia, but dark. Also, <laughs> whose idea was it to do Shrek? Very respectfully, 3 chan- three C hentai homie? 3 chan- What is that? I don't understand. 3 slash chentai homie i don't know is this a military thing i don't get it anyway we don't get it thanks for writing uh hentai homie um i will tell you that shrek's idea was actually hirahiko araki exactly it was araki's (laughs) idea to do shrek because uh i would read the flavor like bits that he'd write in the compiled books and one of them was his uh or no you know what it was from one of his books um, not Jojo, where he said his top 10 suspense, favorite suspense movies, one of them was Shrek. I think it was number seven or eight or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to even imagine what suspense like was mistranslated from in Japanese because we watched it and, and <laughs> you know, we suggested it as a joke ourselves and I, I can't I think imagine. I, was it me who started it or did Miles start it? Like why? Because we've been saying it <sighs> for like a year. You, for we've certain. been saying it for like a year that we should watch Shrek. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we did it, was it good. this April Fool's Day or was it last? It was this April Fool's Day, right? E- I don't know. What even is time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was I this. Think it, it was this April It was Fool's this Day. year, yeah. Which included one of my favorite moments uh where jackie went to talk about shrek and accidentally just said shelf (laughs) (laughs) like you opened a sentence where you wanted to be like shrek is like a blah blah." you just went shelf uh shrek (laughs) i was like wow that's a crazy mind um (laughs) leave me alone no problem uh yeah b stars has been recommended to us a few times i think that's the latest i think i think that i think calling it uh zootopia but dark makes me want to see it that's more. a really good sell that puts it yeah that's it that's how you sell me on it like okay i like zootopia i like dark things let's let's uh prioritize this one. <laughs> oh, hey uh so the scissor blades are here in this picture they look surprisingly good i don't know if that's real metal no it's not i'm trying um, to they are humongous they look good uh i realize there's a ps oh go ahead ps every time i hear your voices 
I feel or felt so horny. No, it's homey. I felt so homey? Let me homey. I must zoom in. Like we're home. It's also, true. he is a homie. He's a hentai homie. P.S. Yeah, but maybe we make him feel at home. That's what, yeah. P.P.S. Yes, when on a ship, you get really horny. That's all I will say. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the update on your horniness. That's yeah. important. I will um, fuck people all tell the ports. us what? about their horniness. You Is like it? it? Yeah, we should get more updates on yeah. how horny people are. It never gets old. I don't think people have really stopped. <laughs> people continue to do it. Um, mm, I don't know. I want to hear more. Reading between the lines in Hentai Homie's email, I think that um, Kill a Kill is one of my favorite anime and definitely taught me to be who I am now. I think that maybe is a... I'm trying to read between the lines here. Who I am now, you know, he's a Hentai Homie. Maybe Kill a Kill got him into into hentai or something i feel like did kill the kill come out before we started the podcast yeah i don't know isn't if this, it old if this timeline lines up kill the kill's not that old i thought it was old it's probably older than us yeah. oh that's true Pro- okay probably yeah never mind probably like how old some, are you some 90s anime got him into it uh, looks like 2014 or something like that oh, okay never mind he's been into <laughs> he's been into hentai right <laughs> maybe um, maybe it made him a homie yeah <laughs> Or maybe he is using scissors to I wanna fight. Know, I want to know, like, made you who you are. Now. Like, what anime makes you, like, how does that How does that happen? Yeah. I want to know. Well, Cowboy Bebop made me really relaxed and learn to go with the flow. So I think it had a profound impact on my life. I don't think Cowboy Bebop had an impact on me. Yeah. What about you, Miles? I was being sarcastic, yeah, sure. by the way. I am not a go with the flow person. <laughs> Miles, what were you saying? Yeah, for sure, Cowboy Bebop had an impact on me. Mm. Yeah. You did mushrooms because of the show? Yeah. Oh. That I've explains. never done mushrooms, TBH. TBH. Thank you for that disclaimer. This email is from Laura. Uh, and it says, thank you. Hi, JGB Pod gang. Hope you're all keeping safe and well. Just wanted to shoot you guys a quick message to say thank you for entertaining me. Over the last couple of lockdown months. <sighs> it's been really great listening to you guys while being stuck at home and helped rekindle my love for Jojo. I actually visited Japan two years ago and was lucky enough to visit the Jojo Ripples of Adventure Art Exhibition in Tokyo, as well as visiting Shinjuku Station when they were having a collab to celebrate the start of the Vento Oreo anime. I've included some pictures from both events for you guys. Some do show characters from future parts, so be careful if you consider that to be spoilers. We do. (laughs) I've listened to the podcast in a very weird order and haven't listened to all the eps yet, so apologies if you've been asked these questions before, but if you could choose any genre or setting for a future part of JoJo, what would you like to see? I personally would like to see another callback to Victorian gothic horror like part one, as I love that genre and feel Araki could write a much more interesting story now that his writing and art have improved so much since Phantom Blood. I love Phantom Blood, but it definitely has its flaws. Two, if you could watch a spin-off show with the cast of any part so far, uh, No One Dies, which part would you want to watch? I personally would love to see more of the Bucciolati gang just living day to day, as the plot went so fast that I wanted more time just getting to know the characters. Three, best outfit in JoJo so far. I'd also like to ask if any of you continued watching Mob Psycho since your MP100 episode. It's one of my favorite. Favorite with an OU, because (laughs) this person is British. 
shows next to JoJo's, and there's some really great character development later in the series that made me shed a tear or two. Anyway, sorry for this being so long, and hope you're all okay. Thanks again for the laughs, or laughs, as they say in the UK. She didn't write that part, Miles, is adding flavor. <laughs> there's a U in that, too. Laughs. Well, there's always a laugh. That's right. No, they yeah. add, they, the UK adds U's to everything, to every single word. <laughs> yeah. All the words have U's in them. That's, how that's we why know. The, the UK stands for the U kingdom. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why it's in every word. <laughs> Love Laura with a U. With a U. P.S. Not horny, unless we're talking about Dio in Araki's new art style. What? Yeah, into yeah. it, into it. Dio has been uh, redrawn in... Dio is a sex symbol. Later parts of the... Uh, well, not that late. Mm. Just Okay, I'm scared to look at these pictures, though. None okay. of them are really spoilers, in my opinion. Okay, I'm looking. They're just cool characters. They're cool people. This is cool. There's one or two you haven't met yet, um, but uh, they don't I like tell the you stairs. Yeah, the stairs are really cool because I've seen this art. I think I have it in the Jojo Villar art book. This was in Japan? I guess so, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the stairs are all... It's just one big portrait of Bucciolati climbing into a zipper I space. I love it. And Very cool. Yeah, it's like if you were to look at the staircase straight on at the right angle, it would just be this enormous portrait of Bucciolati uh, leaving. I think he's leaving. I don't think he's coming out. Anyway. Uh, so many questions. Many Just questions. If you could choose any genre or setting for a future part of JoJo, we actually, we have done this. I don't remember my answer. Genre? <laughs> uh, genre have or setting. Ge- have we done genre? Genre, maybe not. Setting, I feel like Miles and I have said New Jersey uh, <laughs> once or twice. Just like, like a Sopranos sort of grounded. It'd be like Mordio, but like a lot more like highway driving um, and like uh, <laughs> sandwiches at delis and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they had like, that. They had that in Morio, but it was fancy. So, like Seinfeld plus The Sopranos plus Morio. Yeah, and murder. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you know, Sopranos got murder, but not I like weird see, like, sex fetish stuff. I would love to see like Clerks, but JoJo's. Oh, okay. Mm. Something I like, like that. Stay on the New Jersey theme. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like it's just one of the one of the jo- JoJo's doesn't have an amazing story. He just like works at a store. <laughs> yeah that's his life very relatable tbh i like i like laura's idea of the uh gothic uh what is it what did they say gothic whatever victorian victorian yeah i like that where you're in a creepy mansion and there's vampires and stuff and it's all victorian i yeah, like well, it well they did that for phantom blood i but, know but do it again but then they the thing is <laughs> phantom blood leaves then and goes like on the road of like 1800s or whatever but then, like, there's, like, this sort of weird martial arts thing happening mm-hmm. that, you know, and some really silly moments. Yeah, Phantom Blood has some some dips for sure. All I would the stuff like, in the mansions is good. I would like a good horror drama. That's what I would like. More horror and also mm-hmm. drama. So, like, all the Kosaku uh, Kawajiri stuff in part four? E- yes, sure. That's good. But more, like, body horror. Oh, oh, like Ito, like Junji Ito stuff. But maybe. You know, Junji Ito is teaming up, I think, with Kojima from Metal Gear. They're going to do a thing. Oh, I think I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Like a game or an anime? I don't recall, and I refuse to look. <laughs> okay. That uh, sounds cool. 
All Thanks right. for listening, everyone. Next question. If you could watch a spinoff show with the cast of any part so far, it says no one dies. I assume that means if no one died, because people die. Mm. What part would you want to watch? IF for me, it just definitely would be part four. I think there's a million other places in Morio you could write about. Um, I mean, they kind of do that. I mean, Rohan has a spinoff series where he's just in different, doing different things, but I like the day-to-day of Morio as an idea. Yeah, I thought it was the most fleshed out, like, setting. It was like, it felt like The Simpsons, where it was just populated with all these different characters. Yeah, they're all weird. Mm-hmm. I've said this before. You, you know what I'm going to say, right? No. You don't know what I'm going to say? Nope. I want, a, I want an entire season just about Lisa Lisa. Oh, yeah. Probably like an origin, like before she meets, like, you know, when she's younger and she's like maybe learning Hamon or like going and because like she's a teacher, like we see her, she's a teacher. She already has all this experience. I want to see her actually like use it, you know, Um, like what's that story about? Like what, how does she learn it? And then what does she use it for to the point where she can now be a teacher, you know, and a mentor? That's what I want to know. Battle tendency origins? (laughs) Hmm. Miles, did you say you, you just agree with part four? I think we've also yeah. I think we've also talked about uh, a, a uh, Tonio Trusardi uh, a show That's that just follows his restaurant. That'd be a good one. Oh, okay. <laughs> just would... like he's the star, and we just follow like you know the different people that come into his restaurant. Maybe it's also like partially a all cooking the show. horrible things that happen to them as they eat various yeah. food. So it's like every every uh, episode you learn something about cuisine and then try not to vomit at the things this cuisine does to people because his stand is disgusting. Yeah. So also I guess that's body horror. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's one of the more body horror. I mean, there's a lot of body horror in Jojo. I don't think that's one of the more, I mean like three different things that are horrible happen to Ohiyasu. That's true. In like one like meal. Like, d- d- something like his teeth fall out or something, right? Doesn't yeah. Something... Some of his teeth shoot out. Oh my God. He rips off part of his back. Yeah. His eyes like twist and, and That's fun. it's gross. A dog blows up. Kind of. I would watch a show that was like uh, um, Cinderella gives makeover, gives makeovers to people. Mm. <laughs> Like uh, a Cinderella makeover stand eye for the Morio guy or something like that. That's right. Uh, yes. That would be like such like a queer eye. It would just eliminate a lot of the challenges though, of like having to live a new life, like dressing a special way and wearing makeup or whatever. It's instead, it's just like, I changed you fixed. I think ever. I think, you know what? Every, every type of reality show that already exists or, you know, like, like a uh, queer eye or like, uh, uh i don't know like uh i can think of like married at first sight or whatever like make them all just take place in morio and make it weird (laughs) there's there's a naked and afraid jojo scenario that i can i can tie together from a later part there's amazing race um real world we great british baking show there's an important uh, house in in part eight i want to say yes a baking show that would be great or a house flipping show but like all the houses are haunted (laughs) because it's morio (laughs) right right and they have to bring in like a ghost contractor yeah and like it's like hosted by uh ghost dad and when they go to knock down the walls all these spirits like melt their face off (laughs) so it's just a matter of like can we get enough people to throw their bodies on the gears of this haunted house in order to renovate it on time and sell it. Yeah. Next email. No, don't we have another question? Best outfit in JoJo's. I said next email. Oh, uh, best outfit? Uh, I like Kira's suit. 
I like mm-hmm. I like the cat tie. I know that that's like really aiming low for JoJo's, but I, I enjoy a nice suit like that. Mark, you could just wear a cat tie if you want. Yeah, but then I also have to wear a suit. Those are so hard to find. <laughs> no, I just think Kira looks very very classy, very nineties, um, and a little David Bowie, nineteen eighties David Bowie. I like Rohan's crop tops. That's true. I think I like Mista's crop top. <laughs> <laughs> Great crop tops. I also like Josuke's uh, school uniform that just looks like a big comfy suit. Uh huh. Really, it's just like a big loose purple suit, such that you have to throw your spine into a Tetris shape to pop that booty out, mm-hmm. so people can see it. That's the problem with loose clothes. Anyway, now next email. Uh yeah. Oh yes, but also I just want a disclaimer uh british people we like you uh we're sorry for making fun of your use we like your use i agree with the first part no <laughs> i'm not sorry okay fine and i'm not sorry i guess i read the next one right what madonna song is that i don't know what you're talking about fuck you can go ahead and read this one yes all right this email is oh right i looked this up because they didn't sign it but i looked i looked up their email and this is matt um the subject line is re land of lust land of the lustrous hey loved your coverage of land of the lustrous you inspired me to seek out this anime it sounds super cool but i wonder jackie question how does this measure up against steven universe if this is an upgrade to whatever steven universe is doing i will hungrily watch it thanks um do you think that they're asking me... So I don't understand the question. Do you think that they're asking if Land of the Lustrous... If they should watch Land of the Lustrous or if they should watch Steven Universe? It sounds like they like Steven Universe mm. and they want to know how it measures up. Okay, well, I will... Land of Lustrous I think, up. yeah, I think it's that. I will compare the two. Um, Land of the Lustrous is good. Um... <laughs> Uh, 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 I don't know. I mean, they have basically the same, uh, description, but they're different shows. Like they, they're aimed at different audiences. I think, um, Steven universe, universe, uh, has humans though, right? There are humans. Land of the Lustrous is in, it takes place completely in like another world. Um, and it's like these genderless gems that fight something and it's very mysterious so like you want to learn kind of about the or like their origin i guess and like what there's like some secret so it's similar to steven universe because there's also like in steven universe there's also like kind of like a mysterious origin story slash it just is mysterious like what they're doing and why um and you kind of learn about it as the show goes on land of the lustrous is similar but there's no reality to it so it's completely like this other world that doesn't really match up to anything we know in our world like these this could be a completely other planet um and they have no idea what humans are you know like there's no is there no more combat is it fair to say there's more combat in land of the lustrous no um steven universe usually they they're fighting something every episode or every other episode um, there's a fair amount of combat in Steven Universe. Um, the Land of the Lustrous is less monster of the weeky because it's they're usually always fighting the same thing, but it gets weird. We talked about it a little bit, 
but it gets weirder. So like the themes of Steven Universe are like about relationships and friendships and like being good to other people and like trusting yourself. Like there's like lots of lots of that kind of like nice um I don't know. Good good themes about friendship and relationships. Uh and Land of the Lustrous, I think the themes are more about like understanding yourself and like what you're good at and helping other people find what they're good at. I think that's that's a big theme like finding kind of your place and where you fit. It's not as funny. <laughs> Land of Lustrous is more serious and artistic. Uh and Steven Universe Yeah, it wasn't a laugh out loud funny no. show. Steven Universe is a silly show and like has funny like heartwarming moment moments whereas Land of the Lustrous I think is more about like the it's a different feel I think the tone is different. Um it's more it's kind of like um if you like Steven Universe maybe think like Lapis Lazuli who is like a more serious kind of sad character. It's it has more of that vibe. But anyway, I don't know. I think I think if you like Steven Universe, this is good, but in a different way. But I think that some of the things you like about Steven Universe, you will also like about Land of the Lustrous. But they're different shows. Like, even though they have a similar, like, description, you can't really... I don't think you can... I don't think they compare to each other. Like, they're, they're, they have a completely different tone. Like, one is a cartoon kind of geared towards kids that adults happen to also like because it's charming in a lot of different ways. And it also just has a good story. And Land of the Lustrous, I think, is not for children. Yeah, not for children. And it's more just serious art, <laughs> I think. And, yeah. w- and one's Japanese and one's Western. Right? Yeah, but um, Steven Universe is, uh, I think, influenced a lot by Japanese and, and like anime. But they speak English. <sighs> Yeah. I'm being stupid. I, I I know there's, I'm sure there's dubs of Land of the Lustrous. Yeah, there definitely are. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, people do compare the two and there are thematic similarities. But yeah, for the bits of Steven Universe I've seen, it doesn't feel at all like Land of the Lustrous. It's like if you're, if part of the reason why you like Steven Universe is gems, yeah. then yeah, watch if Land of the Lustrous for that reason. If you're into gems, there's like, <laughs> like if that's, yeah, that's actually a good, that's a good thing. Because if you're into gems, like the characters in Land of the Lustrous are all named after gems and they all, like all of their physical properties have to, and like their personalities are tied to like the actual like properties of the gem. Yes, like Moe's hardness scale. So like if you like yeah. science, uh, that works too. Yeah. And both Th- shows... This is more science-y, I think. It's like more based on science than Steven Universe. Steven Universe, I think, like doesn't really like... I don't know. Their personalities are... I don't know how their personalities match up to the stones. It, like they do match up to stones in Steven Universe, but it's like, it's just different. And uh, both have... They both have relationships with LGBT themes or characters. Yeah, but, but I would say it's not as overt in Land of the Lustrous. Maybe it's not. I think I think Land of the Lustrous, in particular, like everybody is a. I mean, everybody is a female presenting non-binary gem for the most part, where or like feminine presenting non-binary gem, and it's the same thing in Steven Universe. They're non-binary gems, but most of them are feminine. Uh, presenting though some of them like like there's at least one character that uses they them pronouns uh even though most of them use she her pronouns and there's i think one character that uses he him pronouns um in steven universe 
but I think Steven Universe is more about relationships, like I said. So, like, there are kind of like mm. there's more of a need to talk about it. Queer-ish or, or relationships, it. like I mean, it's it's for kids, so they don't go like super deep into like they don't go deep at all into sexuality. But like you see, Why like not? you see, like a, a same-sex relation or a same whatever. Um, I started this podcast to see cartoons have sex. <laughs> But yeah, so but so Steven Universe is more about the relationships, I think. Like the themes are about relationships. I don't think it I don't think they really go deep into it for Land of the Lustrous, but you also see like feminine presenting gems that are into each other. Um so if you like that, I definitely do. Um <laughs> Steven Universe is more diverse though as well. Like the characters are like more from different backgrounds whereas like the gems have different personalities in land of the lustrous but they all seem to be like they're from the same kind of place the same background and stuff they're all just gems i don't know a lot of a lot of themes i'm i definitely am am someone who overthinks steven universe but yeah uh watch both of them (laughs) that's right problem solved you have to now ingest more media Probably than the five shows on average that you're already in the middle of. Land of Lustrous is also shorter and more straightforward because there's only one season. This and like this first season, kind of I don't remember exactly how it ends because I don't remember anything. But it ends mm. kind of on a cliffhanger. I think it ends like with you wanting to know more. So I think like season two is coming, but like you can watch all of season one. Whereas like Steven Universe has like how many seasons? Like five seasons. Like. You know, and some episodes are really good and some episodes are okay. So, like, there's a lot of content for Steven Universe and you might not love all of it. But Land of the Lustrous, I think every episode is good and it's like a contained, like, you know, full season. Okay. So give it a try. Thank you for writing. Cut all that out. Okay. (laughs) Cut, like, half of it out. I talk too much. I'm going to make it seem like it was all well thought out and there was no pausing the thing. Okay. It's just, it's going to, I'm going to click the strip silence button and you're just going to be like, oh, the thing with the other listeners. <laughs> um, this email is from Wilhelmo and it's subjected yare yare dawa. Hello. So I'm still catching up with the podcast. I'm at the Darby the Younger episode. I wanted to thank y'all for making work slightly less shitty. Yay. I was just curious what you think each JoJo's fetish is. Wilhelmo. P.S. I'm horny. P.P.S. Don't join the army. It sucks. Okay. I already knew that. <laughs> uh, and there's a meme here of, I don't remember which assassination squad person this is, but it has text that just says, bitches be like, ew, you're under six feet. Bitch, I have a foot fetish. My dream is to be under a hundred feet. Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's go through the fetishes. Jonathan's fetish, um, it's either going to be chocolate... Uh, what? Well, we see him eating a giant chocolate bar in the manga. I think they cut that out of the TV show, oh. but but Blue reminded uh, us about that. Um, Jonathan is just into very like straight edge. I don't know, like very vanilla norm core. Yeah, <laughs> being a gentleman. Yeah, but I guess that kind of was like he the likes, cultural norm at the time, though. Yeah, so he's he he was into what like he didn't have any any fetish that was different from the norm. Right, he just liked it was missionary like, sex with direct yeah, eye contact, no smiling, sweet demure women, <laughs> uh, but very I, he, gentle he, he, gentle sex. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean obviously there's 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 some possible gay uh tension between him oh. and him and dio okay then that's I don't, a fetish. I don't, well we his could fetish call is, that fetish his fetish is, is vampires that uh hate him <laughs> right 
<laughs> yeah, vampires that are cruel and poison his father. Yeah. Hey, spoilers for JoJo, if you've never heard of that show show. Um, <laughs> Joseph's fetish... Um, I don't know. He he likes uh he's a he voyeuristic. He likes peeking at women while they while they are in the mm, bath. That's true. Yes, it's cross dressing. Cross dressing oh. as well. Yes. Um which he does do to sneak into a base despite um not really pulling it off well and then uh ultimately resorting to violence anyway. Also incest. Hmm. Uh oh yeah. Here's the thing. Peeping Tom and, and incest, are those fetishes or crimes? Because. Uh, I think if you do it. I don't it, know that fetish cares if it's a crime or not. I think if you do it, it's a crime. If you do it oh, non non-consensually, consensually, it's a crime. <laughs> if you think about it, if you look at pictures about it. That's true. Moving pictures. If you engage in some kind of role play. Uh, that is all fine as long as it's you're not. There's no one else involved who's like ill. What are you doing? Yeah, if you like go to Home Depot and you buy a lock that has a big hole where the keyhole <laughs> is, and you just tell your not mother, uh, romantic <laughs> partner to like take a bath, and then you look yeah. through it, like that's not a crime. Yeah, as long as they know. Yeah, they gotta know. You heard it here first, folks. But they pretend they have to pretend not to know for it to be your fetish <laughs> i think jotaro's fetish is probably just beating the shit out of people uh in general mm, um i think he i don't know he likes being alone <laughs> oh uh sea animals i yes. forgot sea animals yes. definitely like not necessarily having sex with animals but maybe like one of those ride a dolphin uh experiences but you're mm. having sex with another person at the same time Hmm. I am not sure how that would work. I am not an entrepreneur, so someone else is going to have to figure that out. Um, Josuke, it's just balls. I don't really know <laughs> specifically what he meant by that, but in the episode uh, Let's Go Hunting or the rat problem episode, um, which is now a commercial for Geico or whatever, um, Josuke just says he was distracted thinking about balls. This may have been a bad translation, but I don't know. I don't know if scrotum... Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever that thought was. Well, so fetish is supposed never to never finish that. Supposed thought. to be anything that's like unrelated to like sex. That uh, psychology would say that you need to like be sexually active or aroused. I think we tend to use it as like, what's your your kink or your hang up? And I don't yeah. know if balls quite fit into that because they're they're pretty close to being important. Important. I'm staring at one particular spot on our wall to avoid the rest of reality as I hear myself. It's okay. What time is this? Because I can cut it out. No and, more. Okay. Um, Giorno's Fine. fetish is uh, probably just being licked. Oh. <laughs> oh I yeah. think. He loves it. That's a good one. Being licked or uh, <laughs> maybe like having sex in a tree, just something nature-y oh, like that. Yeah. You know? Just naked out in the woods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a big hippie. Seems cool before you have to clean a bunch of dead leaves out of your butt crack. That's what mm -hmm. no one wants to talk about. Can somebody explain gold experience? I almost... No! <laughs> that was not the problem one as much. 
The, the problem the problem with cold experience is like what powers does it still have because it started high <laughs> by the way i almost went further than part five and then i was like wait wait, wait never mind <laughs> you're about to name the next like part six yeah yeah person. But, but i won't do that i have mm. thoughts mm. hey thanks no problem the next email is from christian you're gonna carry that weight is the subject line greetings gang since you guys are watching bebop I'd figured I'd write in. Bebop is definitely one of my favorites, and I love its overall feel and vibe, which can definitely vary from episode to episode. One of my favorite episodes is the one where they go to the ice planet, which is basically a stand-in for the slums and underbelly of society. Definitely a place where 90s degenerates, drag queens, prostitutes, outlaws, etc. hang out. While some of it is a little uncomfortable, I don't think the show is trying to be mean to them. They're just people trying to live their lives. The episode also reinforces one of my favorite aspects of the show in that the dystopian future they live in is very chill and disconnected, to the point where it's solely made up of local governments that rely on bounty hunters to catch criminals on an interplanetary scale. Question for you all, if you were forced to pick a fictional dystopia to live in, which one would you choose and why? Thanks for reading. P.S. Every time I close my eyes, I think it's I think to myself, it's time to blow this scene. Get everyone there, get everybody and their stuff together. Okay. Three, three two, two one. one, let's jam. PPS, I find the late stage capitalist dystopia we live in to be rather sucky. <laughs> same. Same. Fair. I was yeah, thinking like it's sort of an obvious take, but there's uh idiocracy is like an option because it's not that different from mm. uh from now but i certainly am like not interested in living i don't living in like that. the road or uh walking dead or any of that shit i would like to live in uh oh you know what fist of the north star oh uh, okay because maybe i could learn those martial arts okay but maybe not specifically the one where i'm peaceful but somehow still kill people and you feel really good when you die i would like to live in fallout hmm I think it's, I think I can listen to fifties music. I think, I don't know. It seems pretty chill as long as like, uh, as long as Raiders don't come and mess you up. Which, uh, which wasteland though? There's technology. Um, I think, you know, I'm an East coast gal. Uh, I think I'll stick with like, uh, you know, maybe You've you've got Maryland though. You've got DC and you've got Maryland. No, DC. I like DC. Is Boston part four? Boston. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Far Harbor is a DLC for part four that might be in Boston, but it might be in Maryland. I don't know. I thought it was Massachusetts. I think it's Massachusetts. Yeah, it might be Massachusetts. I I like DC. I would live in DC. Okay. But who knows? I haven't said, we don't, we haven't seen uh, all the other cities, you know? So like, I don't know. What's my, what's Miami like? Well, we see California. (laughs) Miami probably is just like what Cuba looks like now. (laughs) <laughs> that's very true <laughs> cuba is the fallout the 2097 or whatever 2100 yo for real Miami. when i went when i went to cuba i was like this just reminds me of fallout because everything is either old like pick two it's either old dirty or broken mm. um <laughs> and there are super mutants yeah oh no I did not expect oh <laughs> um yeah i think this writer's talking about jupiter jazz i think that's actually a two episode yes arc yeah i was i couldn't remember what that was called so i thought that was one of the ones we were watching but didn't turn out that way miles do you think the matrix is a dystopia i don't know that's debatable i think it is it's a conspiracy theory certainly that life is a i think it's a dystopia simulation yeah i guess it is because it has to be 
If you want to decide, if you want to join me on the journey that it's, Terminator leads into, it's not Matrix, a utopia. <laughs> then it's <laughs> certainly. Um, well, I mean, my argument would just be that it, it it is now. You know, that it's just the hidden side of now. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I guess that is still dystopia, but whatever. Well, if you if you didn't live in the Matrix. Miles, when you live in the Matrix, would you be someone who's just unaware of what's happening and you're blissfully unaware? I would be unaware. I don't want to take the red pill. Okay. Not to get into politics. Yeah. <laughs> Please do not be Miles going their own way. We don't want that. Um, Listeners, little, if you don't know what we're talking deep about. Cut for all people that follow pathologies of the internet assholes. <laughs> be glad if you don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, if you if you do know what we're talking about and you like it, then you can stop listening. Now nah, you can listen. No, Just don't talk. <laughs> this email is from Martin, or, or Martin. <laughs> Subject is CU Space Cowboy. Hiyo, I recently finished working at my job for at least ten months. What? You have a ten month break? But I am also going to move on Monday, so when the episode is released, I will be in my new apartment, hopefully. Yay. Yeah, I hope it's like echoing off all the empty space. It's also kind of stressful moving for the first time, so that's why I couldn't write in last week. Wow. That's fine. You don't have to write in. You don't in. have to tell us why you don't write in. It's people fine. don't listen to us, and I am honestly not sure if people say this now to joke with us. Yeah. Because we're always like, don't apologize. You don't have to write in. <laughs> or if they just genuinely feel that way. They're like you. They're like you. Do your podcast every week. I need to write every week. It's only fair. <laughs> uh, the email continues. I was actually the one who had flip flappers as an option via Patreon, but you chose to watch Pop Team Epic instead. Yes, I remembered. I remember that. But either way, I'm glad you liked the series. It has been my favorite underrated anime for a long time, and I think the mysteries pay off in the end of the season. But that is not why we're here today. We're here for Cowboy Bebop, aren't we? Yes. I don't really remember that much from Cowboy Bebop, but I still remember that it was really good. I have thought about rewatching it for the longest of times, but never gotten around to it. What I do remember is the subject of this email, CU Space Cowboy. It started with my friend begging me to finish Bebop for the longest of times. And I remember having watched the first episode at least seven times. But after I finished the show, me and my friend have been saying that phrase all the time instead of goodbye or any other variations. My question for this week, what is your preference, tea, coffee, or none of them? In which case, what type do you choose? My weakness is dark roasted black coffee. P.S. I started Pitter Patter Pop again when the one and a half year anniversary started, and now I have both Max Level Risotto and Jotaro Part 4, Jotaro also having max skill after today. P.P.S. Whenever I think of Spike or Faye, I wake up feeling so horny. Yeah. Wowie. Okay, this is reminding me of my long lost work routine so i would have a tea cup of tea when i came in in the morning hmm. and then if i felt sleepy enough in the afternoon i would go get coffee thank you great so both that makes more what kind sense. of tea miles yeah we used to have this like matcha green tea in the office oh, it was pretty strong fancy that stuff just turns me into a water park it's really bad <laughs> i like i think it's good for you to pee that much though no i think it's good it's not good nope. if you can't like finish a thing before going to the bathroom. Um, I, I like I've been, green tea though. I used to have, when I was in college, one of my consistent breakfasts, I'd go to these food trucks near the student center and I would get a bacon, egg and cheese and a can of cold green tea. You know, the ones, all the other weebs out there, the Edo N ones or oh, yeah. the one, big, of, one the of the two green, green cans. The big green ones that say like Ocha on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I tried to, and I entered that haiku contest to get on the bottle, but I did not win. I didn't know that was a thing. They had a haiku contest? Yeah, me and my coworker, a couple of my coworkers wrote like, I don't know, probably like 300 haiku to try and get on the bottle, but wow. we did not get any of them on there. Wow. Wow. What a sad story. I wish Shut I up. knew <laughs> about that. I'll drink the tea now. Fuck, I ran, I ran out of syllables to say anyway. Um, let's see here. Uh, Watch that gets on the bottle now. I'll be pissed. I'm, I'm not done interrogating Miles. I can't stop pissing. Put that on the bottle, Ito N. Miles. Yes, Jackie. Miles, how do you take your coffee? Usually, I don't know. It varies for me. I can drink it like black. I could drink it with a bunch of milk and honey and sugar and shit. That's what I like it black with a little bit of honey. I think that's my favorite. Coffee? Are you talking about coffee still? Correct. You put honey in coffee. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess that works. I have no idea. I, I've never tried it. It makes sense though. I'm calling that. I tried it because I had a sore throat once and I read on Good Housekeeping that it's actually coffee with honey is better for your throat than tea with honey for some reason. What? That's like all these articles on the internet are like, here's how working out makes you weaker or whatever. Everything is the opposite <laughs> of what would make sense. Mm. And you're like, fuck, now is the bad thing I do. It doesn't um, seem that counterintuitive. But coffee is so acidic though. You know what I mean? That's that's what... Tea, tea is acidic. There's no way it's more acidic than coffee. Maybe the acid helps. Mm. It eats... The, the good acid eats the bad acid. That's right. Yeah. Jackie, what's your coffee situation? I guess I gave it away there. What is my coffee situation? No, I like I like tea too. So so in the morning it has to be coffee. Um so first thing in the morning I cannot do a single well, I can go to the bathroom and then I must have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere did this email ask about bathroom habits. I'm just saying I can't do a single thing in the morning. Uh, and then, so yeah, so I have to have coffee. Um, I like strong to medium, medium to strong blends of coffee. I like drinking multiple cups. Uh, I tend to have it with Splenda. Uh, I do not usually put milk in it anymore. At one point I did because I didn't really like American coffee that much. Um, so I I like Cuban coffee a lot, but I, I don't spend the effort to like make it in the morning. I do the quick thing. Um, but yeah, I like Cuban coffee, which is like a little, a little cup of strong espresso with like a foam, uh, sugar foam. The other reason why I don't, I don't drink Cuban coffee as much is because uh, it's like, sh it's like real sugar, which I don't know. It has a lot of calories and stuff, and I like to drink a lot of coffee, so I don't want to get too well, used I mean, to it and too addicted to sugar. Sugar is bad for you. It has like it gives you diabetes, so you got to be careful. It doesn't give you diabetes, however. <laughs> it is. It is. It does. It, no. Well, it 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 can lead to obesity, which then can cause type two diabetes. Is that true? No. Yes, yes it is. I thought I thought sugar. No. Nope. Like because it's messing with your like you shouldn't have too much sugar in your blood, right? I mean, it's bad for your blood sugar yes it can be bad if you have diabetes i think it's just bad in general to have too much sugar well yeah but if but you if you said that sugar causes because diabetes no and that's not it's true. like the more if you have a lot of sugar then uh what's the organ that process that processes sugar and shit there is none 
what am I talking about? Insulin? Insulin. Yeah. You're because then your, your insulin level, something about your insulin levels. I don't know, man. It doesn't matter. I have Cuban coffee when I visit my parents or anybody in my family. Yeah. It's really good. But I mean, I think, isn't it because and I, I of make the serving it, I make is supposed it sometimes. to be small? I make it sometimes too. Yeah. But people drink it all day. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Like, yeah, the serving is small, but like you drink it like in the morning, in the afternoon and like before you go to bed. Oh, <laughs> uh, you were right. There is an organ. Insulin is a hormone made in your pancreas. So, so your yes. pancreas, pancreas would be would be the sugar. It fucks shit up. So, if you ever have to eat a person, mm-hmm. you could have the pancreas for dessert, maybe. Maybe it's a little sweet organ. So yeah, in the a treat. So in the morning, I need coffee. Then in the afternoon, I probably still need coffee. Uh, depending on how I feel, if I'm like I'm still asleep, I need coffee, and so I keep drinking coffee until I am either awake or had too much coffee, and now I feel panicky. But that's fine. Uh, like my that's just, the best is when you're freaking out and you're like, "What has happened?" And then you realize you had too uh, much coffee. Too, too much? No, but it's usually like it's like too much caffeine plus I'm nervous about something, and now I'm just like ten times more nervous mm. about it. Um, but otherwise, if I just want some a warm liquid, I drink co- I drink uh, tea. Tea is my warm li- liquid. If I want a warm liquid, you know. <laughs> Stop saying that phrase. I warm hate it. liquid. I don't like that. Uh, and I like different kinds of tea. I have green tea. I have black tea. Different kinds of black tea. Um, I have chai. I have um, like chamomile is great if you want to chill. If you had too much coffee and now you want to chill, drink chamomile tea. I like the tea <laughs> that has cough syrup uh, and promethazine in it. There's one that's like ginger and like... It's called lean tea. There's one that's like... It's not a thing. Ginger, <laughs> lemon, and that's good for your stomach. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I just, that's a good combo. I just buy a bunch of tea bags at the store. Yeah. And I drink them. Hmm. I like a... I is it chrysanthemum tea that they have at some Chinese restaurants where there's flowers in the teapot? I don't know. Is that chrysanthemum? Uh, that's a flower. I feel like it's just jasmine. Oh, jasmine tea. Well, I like that stuff. I like jasmine as well. I like the tea you get at Chinese restaurants. Um, the sit-down ones. Not like, you know, takeout stuff that's just iced tea in like a plastic barrel. Um, like the moon. I like Arizona iced tea. I miss Arizona iced tea. Boy. Mm. Like the moon over the day, my genius and brawn are lost on these fools. That's a haiku by Bowser. It's a haiku by Bowser in Mario RPG, which hilariously is only in the English version of the game. Oh, is there no haiku in, no. in the Japanese version? <laughs> in the Japanese one, I think he just says a thing <laughs> to himself. I don't even know if it's poetic, but for some reason, yeah. They put in it. Oh, that's cute. They wrote a little haiku for It's great. Him. And it's a funny, it's a funny uh, poem. Uh, I drink black coffee in the morning. Um, depending on where I am, it might be iced. He doesn't like sugar in his coffee or like Splenda sugar. or any sweeteners. I like the taste of real sugar in coffee but i can't have that in the morning and you know yeah sugar rots your teeth Mm -hmm. um and it's extra calories you don't need when um you know if you want to get into into coffee then i feel like sugar kind of throws off the taste um and sweeteners are just like the bitter the bitter taste yeah and i don't mind like milk coffee either but again in the morning i don't want milk um and uh, it's extra calories you know yeah. Just get all the stress without the added calories. That's what mm-hmm. I say. You like decaf as well. Uh, yeah, because I like drinking a lot of coffee, but I'm very sensitive to it. So I don't need to have a liquid, uh, you know, installed panic attack. And I would rather just, you know, drink decaf later in the day. 
Um, but I used to do like a cup or two in the morning and then another one in the afternoon. Uh, and it kind of turns out I don't really need all that. I think I drink like five cups a day. I used to get Americanos from <laughs> Starbucks um, a lot because like Starbucks is bad and it has taken me a while to realize how bad it is, but it is very caffeinated. And at, at a certain point I was like, it's just a dosage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I know what an Ameri- a small iced Americano will do to me and sometimes I need that. Um, I'm not, what is your order when you go to a, a very fancy New York city coffee shop or other quasi coffee shop? Uh, just iced coffee, iced Americano, um, coffee, black, nothing fancy. If I have to get well, like, a hot coffee at Starbucks, I don't know why I would have to. I, I ask for kids temp. Hmm. And it's still too hot. Because he's a baby. <laughs> because my tongue uh, is made out of feathers. Uh, are feathers, uh, are they flammable? No. My tongue burns easily. So I don't like hot coffee. Um, gotcha. But yeah, nothing fancy for me. Nothing fancy. I'm just a basic boy. Um, and then tea, yeah. The only time I've liked tea is either at the beginning of a Chinese food meal or when I would get it in those cold green tea cans, uh, even though they do uh, evacuate me pretty severely sometimes. Uh, I like, if I have to order coffee, I'll order a mocha because it has chocolate in it. I like that mm. theoretically. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had like a good mocha where I wasn't like, I want this to either be coffee or chocolate milk. It's good because it has, it's chocolate. So it has the sweetness. Um, but then that way I don't really have to put any, any sweetener in it. Yeah. Sweetness is my weakness. Mm. I really like a, like a cafe con leche from, I don't know, from specifically from, uh, shit. What's that place? They make it really sweet. I'll have to try like that. that. Um, all right, now all our listeners are asleep. <laughs> they definitely are. We have talked about anime for 20% of the time and just, coffee for 80. I rambled about Steven Universe, and then we talked about JoJo's, and then people people woke up for that, for the JoJo's talk, for the JoJo's questions. And then someone asked us about tea and coffee, and everyone's asleep. Ironically so. <laughs> what episode, what, are, what anime are we talking about? <laughs> this week? We're talking about Cowboy Bebop, but uh, oh, we still got a little boy. bit of stuff to talk about. We're done with the emails, though, I promise. Are we? We are done with emails. Is that true? Oh, God, I'm sorry. There's a Patreon conversation, though, that I do see that says, from Nick, that says, P.S. I agree with Jackie 1,000%. Papika and Kokona are definitely in love, and there is nothing anybody can say to convince me otherwise. Thank you. So that, that was in reference to Flip Flappers that we watched last week. Um, yeah, listen, if you want to support... <laughs> if you want me to watch an anime, just tell me that, like, two women are in love, and I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, if you want to support this podcast you can do that just by listening that's fine but you can also support us by joining our patreon which is at patreon.com slash jjb pod uh you can just throw in a dollar a month that is helpful we love it you can throw in three dollars a month at which point you will be thanked out loud on the podcast like so thank you Caden, celeste austin tim tyler michael kevin and chad uh, and there is also a $20 tier that you can join where once a month you can tell us what anime to watch and we will watch at least three episodes of it or an anime movie. We'll watch an anime movie uh, and we'll talk about it. And uh, just be sure though, because 
I don't recommend anyone really gives us $20 a month uh, in general. So if you want us to just do it one time, you know, wait for the charge to happen and then degrade your uh, tier down lower. Um, I don't want anybody to accidentally give us money. I'll say that. You can make foolish decisions, but uh, I'm not going to be complicit in your monthly commitment deception economy that we all participate in. Yeah, we're not AOL. We're not AOL that just has a bunch Hmm. of perhaps deceased uh, older users that are just paying them monthly for uh, email that is free. Um, The other way to support the show besides listening is to review us on iTunes. I don't know the URL, but if you go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, and look us up, JoJo's Bizarre Podcast, we have the best logo. Um, Mm -hmm. True. And uh, we are sitting at this moment at 84 reviews. I'd like to see us get over 100. That would be super cool. Um, We've got reviews from someone named Jojo Fan Equals Cool. And it says, y'all are cool and keep on being cool. Thanks. And that's all we need because it's got five stars, baby. We got a review by Why Do I Even Need a Name? Uh, This is Can't Wait for Stone Ocean Part 6 to be Animated. Agreed. True. We have a review by Caesar Simp that says, Hmm. This podcast has been my best friend through all the driving I do and always puts me in a good mood. It's the perfect mix of JoJo and just hearing people talk and have a good time. I find myself responding to the questions out loud, making (laughs) comments and references. Is this a JJBP ref? To my JoJo friends and constantly forget that they haven't listened yet. Aw, make them listen. Overall, a great podcast, whether you're into JoJo or not. P.S. I'm horny. Yay. Thanks for that. All right. So all you people that write in and you say nice things to us, but you haven't reviewed us yet, just say like copy and paste the nice things that you say to us in the email. And just put it in your put yeah. it in your review. It's there really you easy. You can even leave in the dear JJ. <laughs> yeah. Or just, just paste in a whole email. Yeah. <laughs> you can you transcribe someone else's email that we read out loud today mm. and paste that in. Confuse them. They didn't copyright it. All right. Let's uh, let's take a break. <laughs> And get some water and stretch and come back. And All right. So. I need water. I'll get some wine. We're back from... We didn't, we didn't leave. We're back from not talking. From the break. Anyway, we're talking about Cowboy Bebop this week, a show that is very near and dear to my heart. Miles, why do you like it so much? Why do I like it so much? I think it it came out at the right time. So it it got released in Japan in like 97, 98, but it aired on Adult Swim on Cartoon Network in 2001, which is like I would have been a freshman in high school. Um, So... I think it hit me at the right time to be like as influential as possible. Um, and I, I, it's just a really well-made show. I think it's like, it probably like everything about it was sort of new to me, even though a lot of it was like American stuff that I had not investigated. Like, like it was an introduction to like jazz and noir a little bit and noir and like westerns mm-hmm. um and smoking <laughs> <laughs> um there's a lot of smoking in the show um but like and it's just one of the most popular and best loved anime ever um that happened to hit me right when i was a teen 
So that's probably why I love it so much. Mm. Yeah, I'm, it's with good reason. It's one of the most uh, critically acclaimed, or not, not critics, fuck the critics. It's uh, one of the most loved animes of all time. And some have said that it is uh, the best or one of the best shows of all time. Wow. I think it's probably if you, it's probably my favorite show of all time. Yeah. Watching it, it was really nice to go back to it. And it feels, I said to Jackie that I think this is probably like the best television show soundtrack of all time. It probably is. I couldn't think of anything that was better or, or even they as, just, as good. Uh, it, it was just released on Spotify if you mm. want to listen to the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Nice. Yeah, I, I watched um, some of their quarantine sessions where a bunch of the seatbelts, the band that plays the music, um, played from their respective homes and it was all mixed together on YouTube. Still sounds really good. It does sound really good. Um, so we watched three episodes. We watched Ballad of Fallen Angels. We watched Waltz for Venus and we watched Pierre Lafoe, as you mentioned before. Miles picked these episodes. Well, I picked Pierre Lafoe. Okay, fine. Um... I mean, we could start with like we've all I have, we've have we all seen the series in its entirety? Yeah. I yeah. Wait, are we going to spoil it for anybody? Do you think there's anybody listening who hasn't seen it? Well, definitely, y- listeners. If you haven't seen it, just stop listening to this you podcast. You gotta go see it <laughs> at all and just go watch the show first. Yeah. We can't guarantee um, that we're not gonna. Oop! I almost dropped my phone. Uh, we can't guarantee that we're not gonna spoil something for you. So just you watch it. We just told you it's like every everyone's beloved anime show. Like you gotta go watch it. Go stop this. Come back to this episode once you've seen it. Yeah, and it's not quite a serial, so you can just watch a few episodes that people like, um, like maybe the ones we talk about or otherwise, and you'll get a decent understanding of the show. But you should mm-hmm. just watch I the think- whole thing. Pierre Lafoe is the first episode I ever saw. Really? Yeah. That's Interesting. Weird. Oh, I've told the story on this podcast, but the first episodes I saw were the last two. Because mm. <laughs> our, our friend, our, our mutual friend who is big into this show, uh, I was like never watching anime, never wanted to. And then I saw some of Bebop, like scenes at his house. And then he, I like downloaded them off IRC some episodes and I like, I, I don't know why they were most like available, but I just got 25 and 26 or something. And I was like, Hey, are there more than 26 episodes? Like how many are there? And he was like, I don't know, but definitely more than 26. <laughs> and then I just watched the last two episodes. And so, but it's again, it's not a serial. And I am also someone who feels like seeing the end of something doesn't spoil the rest of it. I, mm. I, I know that you, you miss out on the emotional impact of seeing it sequentially, but, uh, you know, the last yeah, two episodes are great. So it was like a good way to pull me in and, you know, take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really I remember we'll this show. I, I think I've only seen it. I, I've seen it straight through once and I was probably like 15, uh, maybe 16. I was probably 16. Eh, I don't know, like 15 and a half. And I saw it straight through. I probably binged it over a weekend and then like never saw it again. Never thought about it again. Yeah, we all watched it like multiple times. That's the thing. Like your friends group really was into it, but I only saw it like once. And if you were an Adult Swim fan, it was on Adult Swim all the time. Yeah, but I didn't really like, 
it was on Adult Swim, but like I couldn't watch a show straight through on Adult Swim because I didn't know when it started. You know, like I would have yeah. to know, like okay, it's starting at. The, that's why, like, the only shows I watched on Adult Swim were like the shows that it didn't matter if you saw the beginning, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and stuff. You know, like yeah. I didn't watch. I didn't watch anime on this Adult one, Swim. I do again think this one is kind of like that. Um, but I think, but it's not. It's not a comedy, certainly. I think, and like for me, I I don't want to watch an anime, just like random episodes of it. Like yeah. I want to see the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, they're often yeah, they're often based on comics, which are usually, you know, we we like some that aren't like Azumanga yeah. Daioh, but they're usually serials mm-hmm. and they have a beginning and end, and you're rewarded for starting when it's simple, yeah. seeing all the additions and praying yeah. certain plot lines will go one way or the other. And there's a tiny bit of that in Bebop, but it is mostly sort of vignettes or as they call it, sessions, which yeah. is a, that's a and music one, thing, right? Yes. It's it's very musically inspired, like a lot of Shinjiro Watanabe anime. So I always like thought it was cool, but like I never, uh, you know, I didn't wa- I didn't watch it more than once. Right. So like I would like to rewatch it because I don't really remember. Like while we were watching these episodes, I was like. Like things were coming back to me, which is f- funny. Like that something I saw such a long time ago would still be in some part of my brain somewhere. Cause like, like parts of it seemed were really familiar to me. Like, I guess I remember this. And also like I listened, to, I probably listened to the soundtrack more than I listened, than I watched it. Cause like, I, I think mm. I only saw it straight through once, but then I think I like listened to some of the songs multiple times. It's really good stuff. It's really like an homage to like american music mm-hmm. like it probably got me into jazz and now i really love jazz uh, um it got me a little bit into blues mm. and i like blues a little bit but like it introduced me to that kind of music that's cool yeah um, um can i give a little more background on the show sure um so yeah it was animated by a company known as sunrise uh who also did outlaw star and other adaptations of the time in the late 90s and such people from there people who specifically worked on bebop later spun off into the studio bones uh whom we've talked about oh is that that show uh, starring uh um david boreanaz yes is it <laughs> does bones have david boreanaz i honestly yeah, he's don't know the star well i don't know anything about david boreanaz i know he was angel he's angel and he's bones well, and also um, Zoe Deschanel's older sister, right? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen this show. I just see. I just saw that oh. that <laughs> David Boreanaz is the star. All right. Anyway, and Miles mentioned the director Shinichiro Watanabe, who also did Samurai Champloo, Carol, and Tuesday, previously covered on this show, and Space Dandy, which we've never seen. Um, but the the thing that I was reading that I I thought was really interesting about the show is so it's like a neo noir sci fi kind of thing but it has mm-hmm. a lot of yeah noirish sort of dark world of crime um aesthetics and some western aesthetics um and like kind of i guess like chinese post-future like there's a lot of sort of chinatowns out there in space um which makes me think of ghost in the shell a little bit but um so it was um it initially aired on, I think, TV Tokyo was the name of the network, which is a huge, huge television network um, in Japan. And Jackie, earlier in the uh, podcast here, I mentioned that it was aired for like five episodes and then canceled. Mm. Uh, so that's actually kind of true. Between uh, April and June in 98, TV Tokyo aired episodes 2, 3, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 
18 and a special called Mishmash Blues, um, which was sort of a, like, here's a bunch of recycled footage and characters talking over it, much like, you know, the ending or like what's up next episode kind of thing. And I think it even had a title card that was like, because of some of the violence happening in Japan, we felt it was not appropriate to continue airing this but one day we will see you space cowboy or whatever mm. um but uh the japanese audience later were able to see it straight through in its entirety later that year a satellite network called wow wow uh picked it up in october and they ran it straight through so yeah they felt like th- this other this other network tv tokyo felt like oh it has low ratings and a lot of violence is happening so um, fuck this show and then it turns out to be like one of the best one of the goats, maybe the goaded anime. Um, wow. And I honestly think episode one, Asteroid Blues, is a really good intro to this show. So I think by not leading with that, um, kind of a mistake, my opinion. Um, like on our part or on <laughs> their part? Nah, we're fine. We can do whatever the fuck we want. I mean, we, we lead with 40 minutes of emails about coffee. Um, <laughs> we, we don't have any sort of uh, appeal. Once someone's hit play... They fucked up. They're locked in. But uh, I don't know. I feel like if you don't start with episode one of Cowboy Bebop, even though I was saying you can drop in, drop out, if you want to like hook an audience, I don't remember what Stray Dog Strut is like, but uh, for my money, Asteroid Blues is a great intro to the show. And it's got that amazing song, Road to the West, when they're out in space. Ugh, so good. And it kind of sums up um, Spike's um, philosophy or personality. Um in that episode when he's shot down out in space and he thinks he's dead and he's just like floating down to earth. He has no control over his ship and he's just like, whatever happens happens. Um, yeah, it's not only is it just his sort of like Jeet Kune Do, like you must be like water, you know, go with the flow. It's also his sort of fatalistic, like I'm a bad person because of my past and I'm going to die. He hints at it all the time throughout the show. He's like, I'll probably die. Uh, so it's just very fatalistic, but chill is sort of how mm. I would say Spike is. He's very chill. Um, and I think it gets on everyone's nerves. They're just like, die already, <laughs> God. Yeah, because he doesn't want to get close. He just wants to be a cool guy. Um, but uh, yeah. All right. Did you have anything else general to say or we should be moving to the episodes? Uh, I saw online that Netflix is doing a live action TV show starring John Cho, I believe his name is. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. The actor? Have you heard of this? That's true. I, I've heard of this over the years several times. Keanu no. Reeves was going to produce and star at one point. Mm, it's a Netflix show, though. It's not a movie. It's not a movie. No, I know. Okay. But uh, apparently... Keanu Reeves can do TV. TV is not a disgusting thing to do anymore. Apparently they started... Well, it's not even TV. It's Netflix. But um, they started filming this past fall and then they had to stop filming because John Cho Why? had like a foot injur- injury or oh. something. And then the pandemic happened. <laughs> so now we don't know when they're going to like actually finish it. Um, the fact that they've started and Netflix is doing it makes me optimistic that will happen. But I'm not optimistic that it will be a good show necessarily. Apparently the uh, the same somebody, the same composer from the original anime is doing the music. Yoko Kano? Yeah. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. She's always down to return to this shit. Yeah. They like just put out um, another like compilation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Her band, The Seat Belts. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know this, but Yoko Kano, her first like big hit home run 
the music director and composer for the show, was a video game. I can't remember which goddamn video game because I only read it, you know, an hour and a half ago. Was it Mario? Oh, my God. It was Super Mario. That's right. Her name is also Koji Kondo. No. um, (laughs) That's right. I know the name of the guy who did the Mario music. What's the big deal? Um, Let's see. Early life. Professional life. Romance Uh, of the Three Kingdoms. uh, Nobunaga's Ambition. So that's probably a Romance of the Three Kingdoms thing. But yeah, she did a Sega Genesis uh, soundtrack. And that helped her become a pro. She worked on Porco Rosso. Oh, yeah. She arranged the ending theme. Ah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, the the music apparently was composed in a way where um, she likes to just hear the plot and and like characters, the general uh, ideas of a show, and then Mm -hmm. she goes and composes it. And she doesn't mind doing that before there's even like decided character names, the name of the show. She doesn't need... She, no animation. She doesn't look at anything to do the music. And Watanabe said something to the effect of like, um, yeah, she didn't quite do things the way I wanted her to do it. She would just go do her own thing and then it was always great and I would put it wherever. And she <laughs> said like, yeah, I was always surprised to see where the songs were because they weren't in places where I wanted them to be used. Ah. But it was just this sort of relationship where um, he'd be like, hey, I need these kinds of songs. And then she'd just come back with something and they'd put it somewhere. Mm. And then in the second half of the series, she would just be like, also like, hey, here's a bunch of songs I made that like no one asked her to do them. Mm. But she just did it. And they're like, all right, we'll use it. And and the director said something like, anybody else that would have been like unforgivable. <laughs> like, what are you doing? No one asked you to do that. But with her, he's just like, oh, okay. That's cool. She formed the band specifically for the seatbelt, specifically for the show. Mm. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about these apps. Yeah. So we... We'll start with Battle of Fallen Angels, which is, you mentioned it's a very vignette show. This is one of the few episodes that's like pretty plotty. Yeah, it's part of the canon. delves into Spike Spiegel's past. And it's probably the episode I've watched the most. I've, I've watched this episode a billion times, I think. Why? Give or take. Uh, I think it's very good. <laughs> um, I think, uh, and random, sorry, random side note. I think Ballad of Fallen Angels is a Max Payne level. The f- Oh, is it? Because it's called Flesh of the Fallen Angels is what think, they say all the time. I think Ballad of Fallen Angels is a Max Payne level. But it anyway. It might be because all the names of the Cowboy Bebop episodes are inspired by music, I think. Ah. So maybe they're both inspired by the same thing. Sorry, Miles. So I don't want to get into too much into the plot of each episode because we've already talked for an hour about nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'll just give you the gist. So this is So Spike was part of this gang they call it a syndicate called the Red Dragons. And basically a bounty gets placed on the former head of that syndicate who is actually dead, who was killed. He was killed by Spike's old, I guess like, they don't really delve into it, but Vicious, who is Spike's rival slash used to be his friend. And Spike goes to investigate, basically. Right. The guy's name was Mao Yanrai. And well, it's not, he didn't, Vicious doesn't just kill their former boss, the syndicate boss of the Red Dragon. They also kill the guy, the the white tiger that like they just met with. And they're like formally having like a peace pact. And Mao is like, whew, thank God everything's peace. And then like Mm -hmm. his enemy ship just blows up. Yeah. And everyone's killed. So Vicious takes issue with Mao Yen Rai trying to 
bring peace to the this gang war i guess right and i guess the idea because again we only really get a few episodes that are sort of like spike and vicious used to be friends now they're enemies what's the deal with spike's past i don't even know how many episodes it is in the series but it's not that many right i think it's like the the only episodes vicious is in are this one the two jupiter jazz episodes and the two real folk blues episodes i think that's it yeah what about julia similar julia is only in the real folk blues i'm pretty sure but you know she is alluded to in all of those episodes so like you see a glimpse of her in this one so something happened with spike and julia as far as you know something happened with spike and vicious and it caused him to leave mars and pretend that he was dead yeah and so it's um i don't know i I was just gonna say i think the the spike and vicious maybe are like foils in that spike uh i think kind of i don't know if it had to do with falling in love with a woman but he just sort of gives up this old life of violence and you know disappears and everyone's like where did you go uh and vicious is like no i don't want the violence to end (laughs) we're not done like what the fuck is the boss making a peace pact for fuck them and fuck you and uh where's spike i'm gonna fuck him um (laughs) it reminds me a little bit of like kill bill where spike tries to adopt a different life and everyone gets mad at him for it (laughs) yeah i have to say this this episode is like dripping with style yes and is big is large moods um and faye looks great in it but and ein's little tail wags and it's great yeah he's shaking his little corgi butt little butt it's great um but overall like this episode feels to me like too much of style over substance like it doesn't quite have that much philosophy to it like I'm, i feel like i've had to fill in gaps based on my knowledge of the rest of the show and just i don't know like knowledge of the noir scene or, or that stereotype of like clint eastwood and unforgiven being like i'm not that guy anymore mm. i don't do that kind of thing um like when the scene with spike and vicious in the church where they say things to each other it just i, I was like this isn't a conversation it mm. just it's just like cool thing cool it was thing, just like cool, cool shit to say to each other yeah. and um for, i mean for me this whole episode is him falling out of the window with green bird playing yeah that, and it's like one of the best the on the evergreen yeah that's on green bird that song is yeah, so good. Yeah, I think when I probably first saw this, I thought that that style was substance, and now watching it, I can appreciate it as just being style. Yeah. I, so I still like it. Because I do think, you know, we watched we watched that one last uh, yesterday, and then we watched the two episodes today, and I felt like, yeah, today, these episodes were, they felt much more thematically solid. That episode of sort of like leaving your violent past, um and um just i don't know like a lot of fate just like there's nothing you can do like you know you wanted to do Mm. this crime to save your sister uh but it's too late violence has caught up to you um you didn't deserve to be experimented on um and lose your mind uh and inside you're still a child but it's too late you're a violent fucking murder bot i'm not sure um very creepy and and so your humanity while uh you know sympathetic is who gives a shit you're dead um Mm -hmm. 
So they're like a little bit more bummery than Ballad of Fallen Angels, but I like it. This whole show is, uh, there's a lot of bummery moments. Like it seems like they never, it's they hardly ever get their bounty Mm. or like just stuff. Oh yeah, they're bounty hunters. We should say the Spike leaves the syndicate, meets up with Jet, and they they slowly add a dog, a lady, (laughs) and a kid with a million names. Um, And so they're just like a ragtag crew of people that that chase bounties for money. A note on Ed. Ed is supposed, like some people say that Ed is non-binary. I could see that. Because uh, Ed is a girl. They use, I think they, I use, they use she pronouns for Ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And female voice actors. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you're a girl? But I, I think like she tries to present as a boy a Yeah, lot. but her name is Edward. And Ed doesn't seem to give a shit either. Yeah. I think Ed is just sort of like, I don't, I don't care. She's like, fuck your binary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, whatever. That's besides the point. I want to make dumb noises and, and hack computers with my Pac-Man ghost passwords. She's very cool. Yeah. We, we uh, picked a lot of Spike episodes, but um, like you get similar glimpses into everyone's past, except Ed Aww. and, and Ayn. Aw. Ayn, you don't even really like... I would love an Ayn episode. They kind of... I mean, and Ayn is a dog, so I'm not like, well, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stories Ayn could tell. I think you could tell a story about a dog. But I've never understood Ayn. I don't know what a data dog is. And once they have him, isn't that kind of like the end of any focus on him? Yeah, he's supposedly just a genius dog. And you see glimpses of him being like a very smart dog, but I don't know that they demonstrate fully. I forgot that, that he's, he's supposed to be smart. I thought he was just like a big USB drive. He's just a good boy. That's he's a it. very good boy. He's just a good boy. He, he doesn't he's die, right? Dog. I don't think so. He does, he does not okay. die. That's what makes the show different from Jojo's <laughs> Bizarre Adventure. That, that's what made that and, and Laika or Luca, the Russian dog, they threw into space. Mm. People are like, but how does the dog get the spacecraft down? I'm like, well, <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> They no, a dog actually, into um, space? What? They do. I, I do think the animals actually do come back because the whole point of oh, setting an animal is you so you can like see in, them come back you alive. You mean in real life? Yeah. Okay. There's like a... The space dog astronauts. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. a famous Russian dog know, they I threw know. into space. I'm going to keep saying through because it makes me laugh. They don't throw them into... <laughs> like it sounds like, like they're already in space and, and someone just throws them out the fucking no, 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 hatch no, 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 or no, no, something. No. In Moscow, they put a catapult uh, <laughs> in the middle of the, of the town and they put dogs on it and they launch them into space. Like cars at the end of uh, f- fucking Battle Tendency. <laughs> no. Um. Anyway, Battle of Fallen Angels. Great moments for me. The opera scene. I just that opera song has like gets stuck in my head randomly, and I I feel like it's not like an actual opera song. I feel like they wrote it for this. Ave Maria. Yeah, that's Ave Maria. It's not. But it's, it's not the. Yeah, Ave Maria. that's the thing. Actually, now as soon as I said it, I'm like, it's not the. Ave Maria. Yeah, it's like it, it, it says it's, Ave Maria, but it's, it's the not. one that's like Ave Maria, right? No. Well, you yeah. went in a weird direction, with it, like, but it. Ave Maria. Here, let me. You know what? Why don't we just do this? Well, here is Ave Maria by the Seatbelts or Yoko Kano from Cowboy Bebop. The music in the show is just beautiful. And then let's see the vocals. 
You want to hear the, the beginning of the vocals. Okay, now let's look up Ave Maria by Andrea Bocelli. Yeah, it's a different song. Wait, well, let me see if it's the same lyrics. So far, so good. Yeah, it's the same. It's basically a prayer. It's like, it's it's just the prayer. It's a Hail Mary, isn't it, or no? Yeah. What if when you went plena to... Is, uh, gratia plena, full of grace. What if when you went to confession, they were like, you have to do 10 Hail Marys, and you just had to sing that well <laughs> in the confession booth so everyone knew it was you? I would do it. I am not Catholic. I have no idea if any of this is possible. Uh, no comment. I, I also like the end where Faye smashes a pillow on Spike's face because he says she sings off key. Because I, I like the music at the end of that. The like bluesy sort of piano. Do, 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 do. Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember the dun, fact that dun, 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 it, dun, dun. they're playing Green Bird, which like, which like very reverby sung. I think it's sung in a round. Maybe not, actually. I think it's just two or three part vocals, a cappella, And then it kind of transitions into Spike remembering being injured and uh, Julia treating to his wounds in the past. And she's humming that same song. Mm. And then that transitions to the present where after this episode's fight with Vicious... Uh, I think Faye is also humming the same song or maybe just something that reminds him of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she slams a pillow in his face um, despite him being in a full body cast. Ice cold. Um, any other thoughts on Ballad of Fallen Angels? Um, I love the trope of people falling out of windows in slow motion. Um, yeah, I love cool. it here. I love it in Die Hard. Uh, part one where we get to see Alan Rickman fall and they apparently got surprised out of his face by saying like, we're going to drop on three, two, and then they just let him go early. Um, great face. They were using it in the third Die Hard. Alan Rickman, rest in... Rest in pieces. Um, <sighs> yeah, what, yeah, rest in... Uh, what is what is his name? Sna- Snape... Uh, What's Snape's first name? Severus. Severus. Fox. Everyone's alliterative in that fucking series. Snakey McSnake. <laughs> uh, what the fuck Snakey is Snakey McSerpent. He's the sheriff of Rotten. He's got no peas. Who? He's got no Alan Rickman. Oh. He's got no pee in that movie Dogma. Because <laughs> he has no... Oh, that's true. Okay. Rest in no pee, Alan Rickman. Rest in power. He had power. What a dumb podcast we do. Um, I also have like been having trouble focus because I'm just reading about Laika, the Russian space dog. <laughs> Waltz for Venus, one of my favorite episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Why do you like it so uh, much? I love um, the character Rocco. I think he's super easy to root for. Yeah. I like that he wants to learn Kung Fu from Spike's Beagle and gets flipped over. And he doesn't understand when Spike goes, be like water. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is almost like and, how directly, a, like Bruce Lee has a, has a, a, not a speech, but he has a whole thing where he talks about being like water. It's like almost exactly the same thing that Bruce Lee. Yeah. Said. And in the, in the intro animation during Tank, the I, I, iconic 
intro sequence to Cowboy Bebop. I think the kicks that's that Spike are that Spike is doing are those like traces of Bruce Lee. I think so because they're so like close. all of it, all of his combat is super based on. I mean, he does Jeet Kune Do, right? Which is a martial art that Bruce Lee pioneered. Which is it's like kung fu, judo, and something else, jujitsu. I don't know. A little bit of everything. Nah, Bruce Lee didn't do any crazy grapples like that. I don't know. I remember a conversation as kids. Uh, our mutual friend got very mad at me because he posited that Jeet Kune Do is a combination of every martial art in the world. And I said, that's not possible. Hmm. And he just yelled at me about how he read a book about it. And I was like, I don't understand that. You just, you'd have overlapping techniques. You can't, you can't do that. Anyway. Um, uh, Leica died within hours from overheating, possibly caused by a failure of the central R7 sustainer to separate from the payload. The true cause and time of her death. Anyway, sorry. Waltz for Venus. What's the plot summary? They go to Venus for a bounty. Yeah, they break up a terrorist plot on on a plane. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like the 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 chillest disarmament d- disarm d- disarmament disarmament. The chillest disarmament of a of a, a plane hijacking in history. Mm-hmm. Like you know how I think Spike does it half asleep. Yeah, I mean I think he's pretending, but yeah. It's very funny when the guy has a gun in his face and Spike's eyes slowly close and he's like, hey, don't fall asleep. Um, this is one of the few episodes where they get the bounty, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because the, they're after the gang that is after Rocco, who has stolen this plant which will restore his sister's eyesight because on Venus there's like this plant that floats in the sky that drops spores that just blinds people sometimes. Um, And the plant is very valuable. He's stolen it from this gang and this gang is wanted for being a gang, I guess. Um, But yeah, they do manage to catch this gang in the end. So I think this is one of the rare episodes where they make money. Mm. And then they just have to coast on that for a while because yeah, part of the, the through the through uh, line of the show is this is not some elite organization. They're like, they they run like junk ships that are, I mean, their ships are really good or they're really good with them, but they just have no money and are always stretching. Like I saw some video online recently that described them as basically Uber drivers with guns. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's quite true. I mean, bounty hunters are the original gig economy people. Um, it's probably better to not Actually, have like a stick. No, I think prostitutes are the original gig economy people. Mm, that might be true. You don't want state-sponsored um, criminal chaser murderers. You need that to be. Uh, I, I, well, I guess it doesn't have to be state-sponsored. It just has to be a company, which they were. He was part of it, and then he went freelance. The problem with that is then you have to fill out all these W-9s whenever you kill somebody. We're talking tax stuff, We're people. talking taxes. This is a podcast about anime. I'm asleep. And dead dogs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is it's a pretty simple story. Uh, this kid who just wants to save his sister's eyesight and uh, Spike gets very generously involved. Like he definitely feels for this kid, teaches him yeah. a little bit of self-defense. Um, he meets the sister. Yeah, you see that Spike is not just a cold hearted guy. The the cold hearted guy he pretends he to be. He seems anyway. like a nice guy. Um, He's nice. But what's the deal? So it's like that, that Rocco... Uh, it has this plant in a glass jar that he's just running around with 
but then they also have seeds in this little music box or something. Is it the same plant? Yes, I think so. Because then at one point, Spike asks Jet, like, how much would that sell for? And Jet's mm-hmm. like, so Millions. much money. Like $4 million. Yeah. Uh, $4 million Wulongs. No, no, no. It was $8 million yen or whatever. Wulongs. Okay. That's, for some reason, what the currency is. Okay. Wulongs is not the worst it's... currency, though. The worst currency is Trigun, which has double dollars. Mm. Stupid. Two dollar signs. And it says double dollars. Mm. Um. The, it, the wulong, an individual wulong is not very valuable because it seems like all the bank bounties are like a bajillion wulongs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's weird because it's like the kids running around with the plant. I guess he has to protect the plant because yeah, it grew. Like he has seeds, but those don't do anything. He could sell them for money. Yeah, so like if he's trying to sell the plant to get money for his sister's corrective surgery, does he not know that he has seeds at home? That's what I don't get. I think he know. That's a good point, Mark. Mark, that's or maybe he was discovered with the plant and he needed to go sell it or something. Like no, there was no market for the seeds. I don't understand. I'm gonna plug in this laptop. You know how we were talking about well before we someone asked about Land of the Lustrous versus Steven Universe and because they kind of have the same description. I think Firefly has the same description as mm. Cowboy Bebop. You know. Right. They're one oh, one yeah. is an anime, one is a live action show. Short lived, only a season. Uh I think it got cancelled after the, the one season. And then they had a movie though, right? Cult classic, yeah. Then they had a movie. A, not, well, yeah, it has like a cult following, I guess. I mean, not cult classic, but it has a cult following. Um and it has a similar it's like there it's a space western and it's a bunch of different people who are also bounty hunters. And it's very Western-y, but also, like, everything is very Asian-influenced or, like, Chinese-influenced. Um, I didn't know that. Like, when they land I've somewhere. I've only seen, like, one episode of Firefly. Yeah, Mark was not interested in it. Not, I don't like Joss Whedon. Mark doesn't like Joss Whedon, but... Um, I like Cabin in the Woods, though. He wrote that. Yes. I think I don't like his directing. May, or I think you don't like his... Well, I was going to say you don't like his writing, but I think it's, I like... I don't like many of the things that he's done. You don't... I think you don't like the kind of like that style of like the way that they talk to each other and stuff, I have words for it. Where it's like very cute. It's very quippy. Quippy. You don't like that. It's quippy. It's snappy. That's why I don't like Gilmore girls or the marvelous Mrs. Maisel or I don't know. I think that stuff is just better on stage play mm. unless it's like a comedy like uh, Abbott and Costello. Well, I love Firefly. I think it's also just not funny. If you're going to be quippy, be funny. This it's, episode is sponsored by Quibi. It's no, it's not. Uh, it's stylistic, but yeah, and it's also like the characters on the ship, like kind of could be some of them analogous to like the like similar to the characters in Cowboy Bebop. Like, there's the main. Are you saying it's a huge ripoff? It could be. I don't know. There's, but it's it's different though. It has a different vibe. It's not as it doesn't have the jazzy vibe to it. I don't think it's as chill. Um, I mean, they both they both kind of could be. Um, inspired by like the Millennium Falcon in Star Wars, right? It's like a piece of shit ship that can be very capable. Um, Han Solo is a bounty hunter, right? Um, or just like a guy, a pilot for hire. He uh, runs in contact with bounty hunters and uh, a ragtag crew of droids and princesses and an annoying boy who wants to be a knight. Um, Who's the annoying boy who wants to be a knight? And Chewbacca Luke. 
Okay. Uh, in in the first movie, he's so annoying. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah. yeah, there's like the main guy. There's like the there's like a tough guy. Uh, there's a tomboyish girl. There is a babe. Um, and then there's like another couple that don't. And the the woman is the captain, and the guy. It's like a dom sub relationship, I guess. But the woman is the dom. Uh, and they are not, there's nobody that represents them in Cowboy Bebop, but they're cool. And Gina Torres is the star. Well, not the star, but she's the, the girl in that. And I love her. Okay. Anyway. Just to go back to your, the plant versus seed thing. So one of the things I love about the show is that like, it feels so cinematic for like the 20 something minutes that you get. But I think one of the things they do to accomplish that is they just like leave stuff out. They just don't explain stuff. Yeah, it's it's funny that it is a show that relies heavily on the idea of like someone's past and it's not really gone into. And so it has that similar to like Porco Rosso kind of thing where you're like, well, I feel like we're we're missing a lot and yet it doesn't matter. And I think that's a feeling a lot of us could relate to, right? Like you live in the present, your past is behind you, but you know, it still haunts you. It still informs a lot of your current life and there's uh you know there's something to that to seeing media that just covers that without doing the whole origin story thing and like now you know every single thing that has happened like there's a lot of tv show projects or movie spinoffs that are like here's the origin story Uh, i'm not saying this is something that is like no shade to your lisa lisa desire either because lisa lisa does not get a ton of screen time Mm -hmm. so i would understand wanting to see that kind of thing but there are also moments where you're like, we don't need to see Boba Fett as a baby or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> yeah. we don't need a show where Spike Spiegel is just like a dickhead who uh, is like a gangster or whatever. That might be kind of fun, but yeah, like, but we get it. Some bad shit happened and it's catching up to him. That's like the whole premise of Cowboy Bebop. Some bad shit happened back then and now it's catching up to you. Right. Which is a very noir thing. Again, also, if you see the movie Unforgiven, it's, you know. Everyone is terrified of him despite him being like a peaceful, neutral guy now. Um, Trigon is similar as well um, around the same time. Much more complex plot, though. It's in, it's mostly in the comics, but it's a past that you don't see a ton of known for being a very violent guy and is trying to be a pacifist. Um, but it catches up to him. Um, all right. Things I liked in this app. I really liked like I mentioned, Spike teaching him Kung Fu. And it totally pays off when he does it later in the middle of a gunfight. Rocco does the flip that Spike teaches him. Yeah. But then he immediately dies. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing is in the middle of a fight, if you stop and throw a thumbs up to someone, (laughs) you're dead. Don't do that. (laughs) Not because I mean like, oh, they see you and you're stopping. Like that's probably part of it too is you're an easy target. But just like from a movie standpoint, the moment you're like, hey, I did it, like your head is going to explode or your heart will blow. Something, you're dead. Fuck you. Um, but I also loved when Spike later visited Rocco's sister and was like, he was a great guy. Yeah, because she's like, I'm going to get my eyesight back and she won't be able to see her brother in person because he's gone. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's like, you don't need to see him to know that he's, he's a great guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And it took me a while just talking to Jackie out loud to realize that Spike must have scheduled that surgery, right? Because Jackie was like, why is she in the hospital? Yeah, that must be true. Mm-hmm. He must have arranged that. But that's an- another thing that is not explained. Yeah. This is the the most show-not-tell show. Yeah. There is. Um, 
Uh, I forget what I was going to say. Um, apparently at the end, you see snow kind of falling, and those are the spores from the plant mm-hmm. that orbits me. I guess not everyone is susceptible to them. But that must be the case. Otherwise, no one would be there. Everyone mm-hmm. would just be blind. Um, but yeah, I don't get it, because the kid Rocco stole a plant to cure his sister's blindness, but they also have a bunch of seeds at home. Mm-hmm. So I don't... He must have stolen the seeds, too? Mm. Or maybe the plant oh. produced the seeds and he separated them. Okay. Just, like, as backup. That's possible. It's just very easy to carry seeds around, I say. But whatever. Because in that final fight, you know, they... It's a shooting thing, and, and the guys shoot the kid. He drops the plant. It breaks and dies. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, by the way, I double-checked. In the plot, they get the bounty immediately. Because I think it has to do with the terrorists on the on the plane mm-hmm. when they're getting to Venus. So they collect it, like, in the airport. Or whatever. And then Faye goes to the casino and blows it <laughs> immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. Waltz for Venus is a good episode. Um, that's episode eight of Cowboy Bebop. And the last one we watched. We also watched Pure LaFoe. Yes. Like I said, maybe the first one I saw. And this is also a very spiky episode. We watched all spiky episodes. You guys love Spike. I did not even think about it. Hmm. Um, I just remember hearing this episode's name and thinking that it reminded me of Batman in a way, just because a a movie that was influential for my Batman knowledge was Batman Returns, which is an extremely dark uh, movie like some other Batmans are. But um, the Penguin is also a thing with an umbrella that shoots like a gun uh, played by Danny DeVito. And so Piero kind of reminds me of that. Although I noticed the cowboy fandom wiki says that he's sort of like the Joker and Penguin, yes. And then also the Tally Man, who's a pretty obscure Batman character. But from what I remember seeing of Tally Man in the Batman comics, yeah, it works. This is a pretty simple story, I think, to Mm -hmm. a degree. Basically, this guy was experimented on and it seems like cloned, maybe? Oh, really? Like his DNA was... Like, he was experimented on to become the ultimate assassin, Mm. but he was too unstable, so they decided to lock him away, but he escaped and basically just now enjoys killing for fun. And his mind is, like, regressed to the point where he's, like, a child and he enjoys the murder now. Well, it's also that he is targeting specific, like, higher-ups of this police division. Mm -hmm. The, like, I guess interstellar or interspace, the ISSP who I think were doing the secret experiments on him. So it's sort of like the Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees, like Killing Machine wants to erase any connection to his troubled past. Um, Even though both of their first movies were just like, here's a guy who murders people. And then they were like, we need to make sequels. Um, So one thing, what were we going to say? I'm just going to say Pierre LeFou is also a 1965 French New Wave film directed by Jean-Luc Godard. Right. And that literally means like the sad clown, I think. Um, yes. Aww. And I have to say... He is a sad clown. I got very emotional when uh, Pierrot got the knife in his thigh and he starts crying and stuff. Why? I don't know why, but I felt very sad. I felt very Aww. bad for him. Just like... Because thinking about how sad his life was and stuff and like... You know, he's a murder machine, obviously. He's not He's not great. But, you know, just like his sad life, just being experimented on and then uh, taking revenge but taking it too far. 
And then he's just still mm-hmm. like a little boy and he just wants his mom. Uh, but then he yeah, is crushed to death sad. by a mechanical uh, dog. <laughs> this was so this um, <laughs> this amusement park seemed like the most dangerous place on earth. It really did, and also no one locked it or shut it down or anything. I mean, maybe Piero's mm-hmm. really good at stuff. So his name is not Piero, right? It's Tong. Pu. His code name as an experiment, yeah, is Tong Pu. Um, this is like Tong one of the more action heavy, gun heavy episodes. Um, and it surprised me yet makes total sense to read that the writer of this episode did the screenplay for perfect blue. Oh, interesting. Because watching it, it's like, right, here is this extremely violent thing that can't stop smiling and is effortlessly chasing you by sort of daintily jumping from part of the building to part of the building kind of thing, which is Mm -hmm. in the third act of perfect blue. That's a thing. And here it's just. This portly man who should not be able to move around the way he does, um, laughing and just firing all sorts of guns at Spike. Um, I don't think he's actually like, I don't know. He just looks like his, like he's, his, he's stuffed. Like he doesn't like, I don't think that's actually his body fat. Right. Like I can't, well, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, his, cause for sure. Is, there's no way. His yeah. face is thin, and, but he's shaped like a big balloon and no human can be shaped like that. You thought his face was thin. I didn't think that his, his, his face did not have like any fat in the face or neck. Maybe so, there like, were some shots that to, I to missed. Be, really? Yeah. I mean, I was looking down writing notes. It's like, totally I don't know. Possible. Like in comparison, like, I, I don't know. Like the, it looks unnatural. It looks unnatural, like his face compared to his body, like his weight's not distributed like a normal human okay. would be. Yeah, I think his face, looking at it now, it actually looks kind of gaunt, like he has really high cheekbones. His hands aren't that big either, yeah. So it's like he is stuffed with something. Because mm-hmm. uh, we see at one point Spike fires, because like Spike gets involved because he's just like leaving a pool hall called C'est la Vie, mm-hmm. which again is sort of just the philosophy of this show it's just like well whatever that's how it is so it goes right which is like that's literally like a a japanese idiom is shoganai or shikataganai which is just it can't be helped Mm. um it's a great opening sequence too because you just show spike like beating the shit out of some guy in billiards and then going outside for a smoke and he happens to run into this murder he's so cool i think spike and jotaro would be either best friends or wouldn't talk to each other. (laughs) I think they wouldn't talk to each other. (laughs) They're too cool. Yeah. They would just both smoke a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird that Spike stumbles on this considering it must have been the loudest thing of all time. Um, Because there are so many gunshots fired. There's one really cool little animation I noticed where the bodyguards of this ISSP official hide behind a car and he's shooting them through the windows or whatever. And then at one point you see him shoot the same spot of the car door enough that it like blows through, which is like a testament to his like um, sort of, you know, drive to kill these people. And also just his accuracy is such that he's just like going to hit the same spot until it goes through and his fucking infinite ammo cheat. Cause it, it is really, we see him open up his, his, uh, his suit at one point to show all of the guns and stuff. But uh, he's got a lot of rockets and grenades and stuff. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, voice actor is Banjo Ginga, who was Daniel Darby in um, the JoJo TV anime. So he's the poker yes. guy who, who can't uh, bear to call 
Joe thought it was insane bet of his whole family. He's also Souther in uh, Fist of the North Star, but we never got to him. Uh, he speaks a lot of English in... He goes, welcome to the party. He's not bad right? either. I think his accent is pretty good. I think I've talked about this before, but I watched... I mean, you. I don't know if you did too, Mark. I watched the dub originally. Um, I did not really. I've seen episodes dubbed. I've seen the dub, but... Uh, when I watch the show start to finish myself, I watch the uh, subtitles. So I'm watching it through right now, and I'm this is the first time I'm watching the subtitles. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It, the subtitles, by the way, in my my personal taste, is they take a lot of liberty with the meaning. Compared to like other shows that we're seeing subtitles of, I'm like, I don't know that they said that. Mm. Uh, but I'm not amazing at Japanese, so what the fuck do I know? Um, I don't know. Yeah, this this I think part of part of the other reason why I feel bad for him in the end is also just that what causes him to get kind of distracted a few times is cats because in flashbacks you see that yeah. he was experimented on and someone always had this cat with piercing eyes watching. Yeah, it had two different color eyes. It had heterochromia and um well so does Spike. Does he? Cuz I just saw his eye light up and I was like, "Oh, it's just eyes in general." But does he really have two different colored eyes? Yeah, there's an episode where, hmm. uh, there's an earlier episode where they explain that one of them is like a robotic eye. Oh, oh. I didn't. I and he explains that. it in like a Norish way. He's like, one eye sees the past. <laughs> of course, of course. He's too cool. <laughs> Get on with it. Um, but I think that also distracts him because it it flashes to the spikes, two different colored eyes, and then the cats. The, what a weird cat just staring at this mm. man getting tortured. Yeah, that cat was evil. Mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, I feel bad when he shoots the hell out of that little tiny cat. Um, and like Perfect Blue, it's also just unflinchingly violent. Um, and I forget how many non-living things come to life in Perfect Blue. I don't think that many. We see it in Paprika, certainly. A different Satoshi Kon movie, but I don't know if this was the same writer. Um, but yeah, and there's sort of that parallel between like the amusement park, lifeless murdering uh, exhibits, and the guy himself, Piero, who's just like a death bot. Um, I guess this is the most violent episode. It's Yeah, it is very violent. And I think it's it's super cool that one where he finds them by the train tracks because the bodyguards all just collapse. He does not shoot them. You don't see any blood. And then he just chases the last guy and you only hear the sound of the train. And then you just see the last guy dead, like pushed into a fence, basically. So yeah, they really super messed up. Yeah, they just take their time. Uh, they take opportunity to do stylistic things just for fun, which is great. One really cool thing that I noticed that Spike does, and I've always liked this, is when he first encounters Pierre Lafoe, he hides behind a garbage can. Yes. And he throws the gar- a garbage bag one way, and then he runs out the other way and shoots him. And I always thought that was so neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I noticed here that um, the camera slightly tracks the garbage can for a second. To tell mm-hmm. you, like, oh, that's what he's looking at. And then he uses the garbage again, by the way. He throws a bag in his face when he's chasing him. Um, garbage. But then he throws a bunch of, like, exploding doom barrels at him, which is that, like, hey, why are those there? That seemed like a lot to do to defend <laughs> yourself. Yeah, because yeah, they blow up, like, f- several blocks. And, like, what are those doing on the street? <laughs> yeah, that's unsafe. I think no one lives there or something because, again, just no one could hear these explosions or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's a soundproof block because Spike didn't either. But then, like, <laughs> this robot just, like, destroys everything. Um, also, I don't... 
why does he get squashed by a float at the end at this carnival? Like it just steps on him and he, he's gone, right? Well, it's because he shuts down in part because he gets distracted when he sees Spike's eyes. It reminds him of the cat yeah. when he was abused as a child and experimented on. And that's the thing is, I don't know why the knife goes into him, but I guess it's like he didn't put his force field up the way he did when Spike fired bullets at him. Because I thought he had a force field, but the knife gets through. And then he just falls over and he's just rolling around. He's just thinking about his mom. But a carnival wouldn't, I don't know, that that wouldn't happen. Well, this is the most dangerous carnival. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because like any kind of like parade and stuff, like, I don't know, like they never kill people. Well, that's the thing is... And there's always people walking under them and stuff, you know. At one point, Spike goes out into, like, the outskirts of the uh, the park, and there's this little stupid angel that's following him. It's like, hey, it's dangerous. Don't go out here. It's like, it's weird. It's like a yeah, video game. Yeah. It's like Lakitu coming down and being like, hey, fuck face, Mario mm-hmm. Kart goes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, shut up to it. <laughs> that is what Lakitu says. But... but uh, like, a, like a two. But then when he's there, like, a ship flies at him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that must have been that Piero somehow threw a ship or whatever. But it's not. Piero is on the next ship. So, like, this this amusement park just has real ships flying at 100 miles an hour at children, hmm. presumably. Yeah, it is extremely also, dangerous. it's a space-themed amusement park. <laughs> what do you mean? They're already in space and stuff. They're already doing space things. <laughs> Why would you have a space-themed amusement park? What's you can go might, into well, space anytime. Yeah, like, it might be from back it's then. It's like, like how the Krusty Krab theme is underwater. Yeah. It's like, come on. Well, maybe it's from way back when. I think also an abandoned amusement park and just like smiling stuffed animals also just makes me sad. Mm. Like no one's there. Mark is always sad a little bit. I'm sad by things that aren't that shouldn't be sad. I'm sad. I get sad in the parts of movies when like the, they're like, we're going to be best friends forever and we'll never be apart. Right? Like, <laughs> cause you know that they're not, that's not going to happen. Cause it, it can, no, once you say that it can't happen. Cause one of them's going to put a thumbs up and be shot. <laughs> no. Like if somebody on this podcast said like, we're going to podcast forever and nothing's ever going to tear us apart. That's when like we break up. <laughs> like that's, that's when the whole thing just ends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was thinking more in line of, of death. Either, like, either, yeah. yeah, yeah. A plane just crashes into this apartment and kills the both of us. It's that scene, <laughs> that scene in Black Dynamite where the one guy's like, you know, after this, I think I'm going to go home and maybe start a family and then a knife immediately just yeah. <laughs> hits him. Black Dynamite <laughs> goes, who saw that coming? <laughs> Spoilers um, for Black Dynamite. That's right. A very important character. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this show, I mean, it's it's mostly serious stuff, but there's there's some great humor in there. I love spike fighting and waltz for venus the terrorist just by effortlessly dodging it um but it's a pretty good it's an okay cross-section of of bebop you're right that there's no jet centric there's no fae centric episodes i think there might be a fae one isn't there no no no. i'm sorry in the three that we covered oh right we, right. we didn't pick any episodes that focus on other characters so mm-hmm. if you only happened to watch the three that we're talking about which i feel like the chances are slim uh definitely watch the rest <laughs> of the show because we did not actually we, we it's a good sample of how the show can feel but there's a lot more to it as well i think uh, some be, people say this but it's definitely true i think that like bebop is a good gateway into anime like if you have if you're an adult and yeah. you've never seen anime and you're not sure if you'd be interested like be cowboy bebop is a good uh it's a good transition into anime because it's very good it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And it's also like it has a lot of Western influence and stuff. So like if you're used to if you're not used to very Japanese anime, like 
this will at least feel a little bit more familiar. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, especially if you're 14 when you're watching it, you'll really like it. Yeah, when you're like 14 and your friends watch Dragon Ball Z and you're like, this looks stupid. And yeah. then you see Cowboy Bebop, you're like, hang on, hang on. Wait, so did you not watch any anime before Bebop? Yeah. Really? So Bebop no, I watch was, any of it. Cowboy Bebop was the first anime? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And so it was your gateway? Yeah. You never watched any, you didn't watch Dragon Ball Z, Mm-mm. you didn't watch... Uh, no, I had friends that would watch it. Pokemon. And I was just like, I think I watched some Pokemon, but I, I didn't watch a lot of it. Pokemon was mostly the cards for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a little cousin, so I watched, uh, I watched cartoons with them. And you also like cartoons. Well, you know, I do currently, but... Um, and I, I like them when so there's there's a period in your life when you be you you have to be too cool for kid stuff. That's you know? right. Yeah, yeah. It's there's that like middle part. That, <laughs> you know, so I definitely was like, oh no, I need to be cool. <laughs> so there were I like I suppressed a lot of myself at one point in my life, like basically between the age of like, mm, like twelve and fifteen mm, ish. I suppressed a lot of myself or like that's like one of the worst parts of growing up by the way. Yeah, cuz you can't you can't admit to liking any kid stuff because you have to be cool like you're an adult now, you're a teenager now, so you have to be like I only like teen- teenager cool things. Um and it's even like as a girl I think it was hard for me to like girly stuff even because that also is not seen as cool or like little kiddish. So like I also had to suppress any girly stuff that I liked. So like Sailor Moon at the time was definitely a guilty pleasure because I was definitely still watched. I like I was I got back into Sailor Moon at like 12, uh, like 12 years old uh, and 12 and 13 and stuff. But like we definitely like I definitely like did not tell people I watched Sailor Moon. Like it was not a, a thing I talked about. Um, it was just like my friends and I would like talk about it but i didn't want to tell anybody you know i like i didn't want other people to know um but now fuck it like i love little fuck kid stuff all. i'll talk all about steven universe all day um by the way last thing i'll say about cowboy bebop is i forgot to point out that vicious is voiced by norio wakamoto ugh, so a cool. favorite of mine um it but i can't help but think of norio as being like in his 40s or 50s and spike is like eh, early 30s mid 30s anyway Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Yeah. Reading. If you're still awake, wake up, <laughs> get some coffee or tea. Listeners, write in and let us know at what points you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> when did you stop listening to this show in general? When did you? Because people like listen to this while they drive and stuff. So like, let us know if you uh, are okay. Yeah, if we killed you. <laughs> did we kill you? <laughs> write in and let us know. Uh, other than that, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at JJBPod. Again, our Patreon is JJBPod. Twitch and YouTube are JJBPod. Uh, please rate us five stars on iTunes. You could just you can write whatever you want in the comment. I don't know if you know that, so you don't have to think. Um, you could just fucking uh, you know, paste in there your favorite Cowboy Bebop song. Who cares? Apple doesn't check. Thanks for listening. Uh, Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you uh, next time.
Let's go.